What's going on, party people, and welcome to episode two of The Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am still flying this ship solo. If you did not know, I had a co-host with me for the past two and a half years. We've been doing this show for a while, but he recently stepped down. So I decided to rebrand and relaunch the show with a brand new number one, uh, as well as a new name. So that came out last week. So please go check it out. You can find it on YouTube or as a podcast. Uh, We were talking about season one of a Hulu original show called The Path. But man, it's actually kind of amazing that last week's episode came out at all. Because doing this, talking alone into the endless void that is my microphone, is very awkward. And I have gained a brand new respect for radio show hosts or podcasters that do it by themselves. This is difficult. It really is. It's it's strange not to have someone to bounce ideas off of. Anyways, though, uh, normally you, you could c- catch this as a live show on twitch.tv slash the whatnots. Uh, but for now, I am pre-recording these. Once I get a new co-host or two, we will get the live streams back up and running for everyone. And things are in the works with that, uh, so hopefully that will happen soon. Um, But you will be able to listen to this uh, on YouTube or as a podcast, no matter what universe you are in. And you can even listen to it on Spotify, which I think is pretty nifty. Um, But this show is a weekly book club style show. Each week we pick something new, whether it be comic book, movie, TV show, anime, manga, or something else. Uh, We go read it, we watch it, we come back here, we do what we gotta do, and we talk about it. This week, we are talking about a comic book called Velvet. And I know on the previous episode I said we were only going to read the first two volumes of this book. However, uh, I decided to go ahead and cover all three volumes of Velvet on this episode. There's only three volumes out, so I just kind of figured, you know what, why not? It's perfect. It has a good little story arc. I think it fits well. So if you have not read this book, let me tell you a little bit about it. Velvet is a spy thriller comic book, kind of in the same vein as James Bond. The writer is Ed Brubaker, and Steve Epting is on the art, and Elizabeth Brettweiser is on the colors. And speaking of James Bond, uh, I've always kind of heard the elevator pitch of this book as, what if James Bond was murdered? And Money Penny, who was James Bond's handler, what if she was framed for that murder? and has to go back into the field and clear her name. And yeah, it turns out that she's kind of a badass spy herself. Um, And you know what? That's not actually all that far off from what this book actually is. Uh, We learn that Velvet Templeton, who is the main character, is the uh, secretary to the director of this spy agency called ARC-7, uh, and ARC-7's top agent is killed right at the start of the book, and another agent is framed. But Velvet doesn't really buy it. It it doesn't really add up to her. Um, and so even though we see her as a secretary right at the start of the book, uh, she ends up doing a little bit of investigation on her own because, like I said, is she happens to be a badass spy herself. She used to be a field a- agent. Um, 
But her little investigation kind of drags her into the whole mess, and it spirals out of control very quickly. So if you like badass female characters, uh, if you like stories that kind of mix in some real history as well, um, this book does that as well. So if spy thrillers are your jam, this might be a comic book you want to check out. But one other quick note before we really dive in, if you are a comic book fan... Uh, or at least a fan of the Marvel Cinematic films in general, Ed Brubaker might be a name that sounds somewhat familiar to you. Uh, In the comic book world, he's known for writing some very good crime-centric comics, uh, including Gotham Central, which is one of my favorite books, and Killer Be Killed. However, he's also the the author of Captain America Winter Soldier, um... So that whole story about Bucky dying and when he was younger but not really dying uh, and coming back as the Winter Soldier uh, was his doing. So he wrote that comic, not the film, but yeah. Um, anyways, if you have not read Velvet yet or if you have not read that third volume yet, go pause this. Do what you got to do come back here and we'll continue talking about it Uh, because I'm about to get into some spoiler territory here. So the spy thriller genre is one that I feel like I really, really love, but I don't know too much about. Uh, I know who James Bond is. I've seen some of the movies. I have the Bourne trilogy on DVD, but that's kind of all I know. Um, And I think Velvet is kind of a stellar example of what a spy thriller can and should be. Like, I expect it to be a genre uh, that has a lot of deceptions, right? Like, I I expect myself to be two or three steps behind trying to catch up and figure out what's happening. And at least to me, that's what's so enticing about that genre. However, in my kind of limited knowledge of spy thrillers— Uh, I feel like I can kind of typically figure out what's going to happen. And, you know, maybe it's just a symptom of the spy thrillers I have seen being more big mainstream movie blockbusters and them trying to make it more accessible, more palatable, you know, uh, easier to follow for a general audience rather than catering to the hardcore fans. But with Velvet... I don't think that's the case. I think they nailed that feeling of me being two or three steps behind, but still wanting to figure out what's happening and what's going to happen next. Um, there was still mystery in into the third volume, and it, it wasn't until the final two issues that they pulled back the curtain, and I was like, oh, shit, that's what's happening. And I had that light bulb moment, right? And I finally understood kind of what was going on. And it, it, it was that Velvet's ability to kind of keep me guessing until the very end uh, is what I really, really loved. And it's that, that twist, uh, that twist that the director created a second agency, uh, like within the, the first one, um, I think is kind of cool. It's, it's, it's similar to in like mainstream comics in like 
DC, someone is like, oh, well, the Justice League is super strong, and they could destroy the world anytime they want. So we need to make a second team uh, so we can stop them in case that happens, and we can destroy them. And, you know, I think that's kind of silly thinking. It kind of creates this endless cycle of just like, oh, well, then what happens if that second team goes bad? Do we need a third team to, to beat them? And then what happens if they go evil? You know, and it just, it's, it's just kind of silly to me. You know, I, I mean, I, hey, I might be wrong, but I, I feel like having that second team be a part of and inside that first team, it doesn't really have that endless cycle. At, at least that's not how I, how I see it playing out. Um, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like Batman coming up with the contingency plans to defeat Superman and the Flash and Wonder Woman. And I think that's really cool. So, for me, as I'm reading this comic, I'm rooting for Velvet Templeton. I, I, I want her to kick some ass. I want her to solve the mystery of what is happening. But at the same time, what the director did, even though it's a, it's a dick move, and he's framing people, and he's, you know, he's causing a whole bunch of problems, he kind of has a point. Like, I'm, I, I, I understand what he's trying to do. I may not agree with his methods, but I'm left kind of wrestling with what happened afterwards. Like, having some kind of secret spy agency that, uh, you know, the agents are the best of the best, and them potentially becoming too powerful and running countries and, you know, taking down governments and stuff, that's kind of scary. And that, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing. And so you need some kind of check some some kind of check and balance um and so the question kind of becomes how how do you do that how do you keep them in check and so the director kind of makes this second secret agency within the first one and kind of goes about it in this nefarious way it's real shady but i'm left wrestling with what he did and i'm I'm wondering if I agreed with him or not, and the, you know the way he's thinking. And honestly, that's kind of the mark of great art, or a, a mark of great art, or a good story. Not only is it able to spark discussion for better or for worse, whether you liked it or not, uh, or its ability to kind of stay with you after you've left, after you're done reading, watching, looking, whatever. If it's still there with you afterwards, then it's had some kind of impact on you. And it's, you know, you're trying to deal with that and wrestle with it and work th through it. And I think that's what this book did for me. I was left thinking about it a couple days after I finished the book. And I, I, I think that's a fantastic sign. Moving on, though. Whenever you talk about a comic book, you also have to talk about the artwork uh, because, you know, it's half of the creative process. So Steve Epting and Elizabeth Brett Weiser uh, were the creative, like, the art team on this book. Um, but I have one thing that I feel like I could kind of call a nitpick. Uh, I, I think they worked really well together. However, I feel like the colors fell a little bit flat for me. Don't get me wrong though, because the the art, the art overall is great, and I think the colorist is good. 
in and of herself. Like she she knows what she's doing. She's really good. Um, the 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 palette I, th- I think fit really well. It had a lot of shadows and dark blues and browns, and it fit really well with that '60s kind of spy genre. I just kind of wanted her to stretch her legs a little bit more. I I I, I don't want a brand new, brighter, dynamic, funky color palette or something that's super stylized. I don't think that would have fit, and I think that 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 would have hurt the book. And, and I think the colors, while g- great and they 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 worked and they fit, I just don't feel like they had enough layers as the writing did. Um, and so I was I was kind of hoping she would have taken a little bit more liberties here and there. It's kind of like seeing someone who's super talented. And they're putting out good work, but you just kind of want to see them do a little bit more. Um, for example, there's a lot of flashbacks in this book. And there's a few of them that they don't really tell you what the date is, when it's actually the past and when it's the present. Um, and, you, you know, it's it's important to distinguish between the past and present. And that's a perfect example to let the... Or it, it, it's an opportunity where you can let the coloring tell the story more effectively, and you, you know, in 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 the end, it might be a nitpick for me. Uh, like I said, I loved it overall. Um, just maybe wanted to see them take a little bit more risks with the art, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, actually, a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's it's a very intelligent story. Uh, there's lots of action. There's lots of great twists and turns in the plot. Uh, Velvet, the main character, uh, she knows who she is. She's very confident and she has a presence um, that isn't overbearing. I don't ever feel like it was fan servicey. Um, I mean, that might not be the right word, but uh, she was a strong female protagonist, but I don't feel like she was one just for the sake of being one. Um, which is good, because sometimes there's characters like that that you can kind of tell that's really the only reason they're there. Um, but she she feels like a character to me that is meek. She has power, and she knows it, but she's keeping it under control. And to me, that's an attractive feature for any kind of character, any kind of action hero protagonist. Um th- like that, that really stands out, and that speaks to me. And so... I just kind of want more of this book. I want more of this comic. And it sounds like the creators have ideas. They have plans. But the third volume came out a couple years ago. So it's been a little while. Um, and, you know, if, if this book switches and kind of becomes a graphic novel format, larger chunks at once uh, rather than like single issues once a month, I think that would be really awesome. It kind of reminds me of Richard Stark's uh, Parker novels, especially the graphic novel adaptations of that, um, which those are stellar, by the way. Um, They're kind of a similar genre. uh, But having that large chunk, that singular story arc all at once, I think Velvet would fit perfectly in that model, and it would be a great way to consume this story. So hopefully more of this comes down the road, because I think that would be super exciting. So go check this comic book out. Uh, It's got a badass lady spy doing her thing. 
but if you enjoy this episode, we got plenty more of it coming down the road. So you should really think about sending us a dollar over on patreon.com slash the whatnots. It is your support that really keeps us growing and uh, helps us to continue making awesome content for you all. However, if you don't want to give us your hard-earned cash, that is a-okay. I totally understand. As long as you enjoy the show, that is all that matters. Um, we just want you to have fun. But for next week, uh, I wanted to dive into an anime film, uh, one that will both be my first venture into a very well-known anime franchise, um, and one that is actually a very famous director's first like feature-length film, uh, or like his first work directing one. Um, so I wanted to dive into Lupin the Third, the Castle of uh, Cagliostro, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, so Lupin the Third is a very well-known anime character and franchise, uh, but this movie in particular, uh, there, there are many Lupin the Third movies and anime series. This one uh, was directed and partially written by Miyazaki. So I kind of wanted to see what the hubbub was about with Lupin the Third. I've never seen it before, um, but I am very familiar with Miyazaki. Um, so I felt like this would be a good introduction to the character and to that franchise. This film follows Lupin the Third, who is a gentleman thief, um, who successfully robs a casino, uh, only to find out that the money is counterfeit. Uh, and so he heads to the country of origin, uh, where the bills are supposedly from, uh, and attempts to save a runaway Clarice from the uh, Count Cagliostro's men. Uh, so I'm expecting this to be pretty wacky, lots of good, good fun. Um, but yeah, you guys should definitely join us for that. Uh, and then go like, subscribe, share, sell your soul, uh, tell a friend, do whatever you have to do to uh, help spread the word about this show. We would really appreciate it. We would especially appreciate it if you would go subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you can go subscribe to that, that would be incredibly helpful. Please go help us out and do that. Even if you don't listen to this show on YouTube normally... It takes like two seconds. I know most of you guys have a YouTube account, and it will help us out tremendously. Like, what are you waiting for? It takes like two seconds, guys. Come on. Help us out. Um, but that being said, you can find us on Twitter, at the whatnots. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, I am at Hush315. My name is Kyle Springer, and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>